0: Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, everybody. Welcome to church. Good morning. Come on, good morning. morning. It's so good to see each and every one of you. I'm so glad that you made it here. Welcome for all of you who are watching online. Hey, we wish you could be here, but I'm sure glad that you dropped by, glad that you tuned in. We love you. From wherever you're watching from, hey, click us something in in, in the comment section and say, hey, I'm watching from here. And uh, uh, it's always just a big blessing to see where people are watching us from. And uh, we'd love to kick a shout out to you, maybe get to know you a little bit better. Uh, grab your Bibles, if you would. Acts chapter 16 is where we're going to spend some time today. I think God has some really good things that he's going to say to us as we continue on with our series called Unsubscribe. Somebody say, Unsubscribe. unsubscribe. Get into that, if we would. Um, and today I want to talk about something that, um, it's, it's a difficult thing because uh, more, than, more than me bringing you something from God's word, this is something that's just God's word's been pushing into me, and this has not been easy for me, if I'm gonna be honest, because this is something I struggle with a ton. Today, I wanna talk about unsubscribing from convenient faith, convenient faith. Now, I love things that are convenient. I was born in the perfect time, right here in 2021 is the greatest year of convenience, and you would, you'd be lying if you didn't say you loved it too. We love convenience, uh, we have stores named convenience stores just for the things that you don't have to walk into hell, which is also known as Walmart, to try to get. We could, we could find them at a convenience store. I just need a couple things. I want to get out. Like Convenience stores, is there for you. Convenience is a multi-billion dollar business. It's part of the American way. All you have to do is find a way to take whatever people like and make it more convenient, and we will buy it. <laughs> we will pay a premium for it because it is convenient. I love convenience. I hate inconvenience. I hate when my day doesn't go according to plan. I have a little OCD, and when things don't go according to my list, it's not, it's not my best, let me just say. And I think some of you, if we're going to be honest today, would admit that you're kind of the same way. I like to be in charge. I like to be in control. I like for things to do what I think they should do. I think the world would be a better place if people just listened to me. Where you at? And anybody else? Come on, it's the truth. And I don't like to be inconvenienced. I don't like when things are delayed. I don't like when things uh, uh, have to take a, a, an alternate route. Like to me, like no. Now, uh, my wife and I, my, my family, we live in White Oak. And um, to go from here to White Oak, you take Highway eighty. But if you know the shortcut, you can take a, a little shortcut with Old Highway eighty, which is what I love to do every day when I'm getting off of work. I will decompress. I'll spend some time in prayer as I'm driving. Kind of letting go of all the things that we having to deal with. Um, you're like church ministry. You have things to deal with. Yes, and it's you. And so every day, right after five o'clock, I'm like, okay, letting this go, letting this not taking this home with me. Lord, I give that to you. Give it to you. And so I drive Highway 80 until I get to the old Highway 80 cutoff, and that's my little private little prayer time. That's my street. I can just drive and pray. Now, unfortunately, over the past couple months, they've been repairing a bridge, and I forget about it every single day until I get to the place where it says. Dead-end detour, and I've got to make an inconvenient one-block detour back to old Highway 80, back to new Highway 80 from old Highway 80, and it bothers me. Not just because it's a one-block thing, but because I forgot about it, and it's inconvenient to me. That may not be a big deal to you, but I've gotten really, really spoiled. Like a one-block detour, not that big of a deal. But I also have moved here from Dallas-Fort Worth, and let me just tell you, you want inconvenience every day at 5 o'clock, you're going nowhere. No matter where you are, you're not leaving your driveway because the whole town is inconvenient. Everything becomes a parking lot. I spent about six months in Los Angeles and thought, this is the devil's playground. There's no wonder why you see helicopters going left and right. Everybody just getting a helicopter just trying to go over because traffic is horrible. Inconvenience bothers me and it bothers you. Inconvenience is what has killed shopping malls. Some of you are like, what happened to the mall? You happened to the mall. Because Amazon is amazingly convenient. Everything I want is right there. It's convenient. And some of us are like, I can't believe that you would have all them brown boxes sitting on your doorstep. Yeah, and you do too. Yes, you do. But it saved me a trip to the mall. It's convenient. What happens, though, when this love and appreciation for all things convenient finds itself in the middle of our faith walk? Because these two things become a solid rub at the worst possible moments. You see, we've foolishly bought into this myth that I'll serve God when it's convenient for me. I'll do the things that God has asked me to do with my life when I have extra time, extra money, and when it makes sense. How many people know that all those things that we love to say don't exist here? (laughs) They only exist here. Unsubscribing. From a convenient faith. To tell the truth, over the past 18 months, we have been more inconvenienced as a world than perhaps at any other time in, in our lifetime. Now, certainly, in you know, the, the greatest generation and generations before, they had to fight through more things than we've had to fight through. But we've been inconvenienced a lot. Here's the question, though. With our entire world fighting through frustration and inconvenience and pain and aggravation, all at the same time, what could God be saying to his people through the inconvenience? Can God take inconvenience and our frustrations and do something with them? And in spite of us trying to work around all the inconveniences, could we be missing some of the best parts of life? I would submit to you that according to scripture, the answer is a resounding yes. Yes. And many times throughout God's word, inconvenience is the moving of the Holy Spirit. The first church was led by inconvenience. The first church was led by frustration and pain. The first church was led by fear. It doesn't compute because we don't hear this taught a lot, but this is the truth. Acts chapter 1 uh, Jesus tells his disciples, you guys are going to go to the outermost parts of the earth. You're going to go to Judea, Samaria. You're going to go everywhere. You're going to spread out and tell the gospel. Great. Jesus leaves. What do they do? Nothing. Because we really like Sunday mornings and it's very convenient for us together and draw strength from each other. We like it like this. It's convenient. Acts chapter eight. What happens? There's a little thing that we would call inconvenient, but the church called Persecution. It says persecution breaks out and then the church began to be his disciples in Judea, Samaria, and the outermost parts of the world. It's amazing how the Holy Spirit used persecution to plant a church. Whoa, we don't like that, no thanks. Most of us would say persecution means I did something wrong. Persecution means God's mad at me. Persecution means things aren't happening the way that I think that they should happen. But in the book of Acts, persecution was necessary for us to become who God has called us to be. Ouch. What could God do with your inconvenience? Think back on this week. I wonder how many times have you been inconvenienced? And you didn't go into full-blown Karen mode, but <laughs> you, were, you were a little inconvenienced. What if things weren't working out on purpose. What if those were moments where God was like, hey, what about me? I'm trying to tell you something here. As a matter of fact, I'm trying to tell the entire world something here. And you're all raging against it because it's inconvenient for you. But I'm trying to give you a gift. This is what happens in Acts chapter 16. I want you to see how the Holy Spirit leads by hindrance. And as a matter of fact, I'll be able to preface it uh, to say it this far. Sometimes the Holy Spirit does more with closed doors than he does with open ones. We would rebuke the closed doors. How dare you? My Bible says all things are possible with Christ. This door is going to open right now. I'm here to name it and claim it and blab it and grab it, whatever. <laughs> You're going to do what I say. I have the power of Jesus' name. Like, wait a minute. Could it be that what's inconvenient to you looks like your purpose to God? Acts chapter 16, the apostle Paul decides to make a trip. It has now been five years he, since he has visited the churches that he founded years before. And so he wants to make this trip to encourage them, to bless them, to see what they need, to take care of their needs, to send a report to the other churches about how these, the first churches were doing. Great mission, wonderful, powerful. So he takes off in the same order that he did last year or five years before and begins to make one stop after the, after the next. Then we come to verse six and I want you to see this. It says, Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. That does not compute with modern day American Christianity. You're telling me that the Holy Spirit kept you from preaching the gospel to people that needed it? That doesn't compute with me. But here it is. It goes on to say... Door closing number two, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. Closed door after closed door, hindrance after hindrance. Now, five years before, when the apostle Paul made this trip, they treated him like a god. As a matter of fact, the city said, you must be the reincarnation of some amazing Greek god. You're doing miraculous things. You, you must be heaven sent. And they treated him like a God. I don't know about you, but I would want to go back to a place that treated me like a God. Like, sandals got nothing on this place. This is great. Sandals, the resort, No nobody? It's almost as good as being at Lake of the Pines. Okay, we'll say, this place is nice. But yes, when he goes back this time, The Holy Spirit says, nope. He's like, well, then I'm gonna go over here. And nope. Well, I'm gonna try this place. And nope. Wait a minute. I know that this is what God has purposed me for. Why am I dealing with frustration when I'm trying to do the right thing? Have you ever been there? I know I have. Sometimes the right thing at the wrong time is the wrong thing. And it's important for us to tune back into the Holy Spirit to recognize that frustration could be the leading of the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's move on. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. It's really important that I want you you to see two words. uh, Help, when the man in the vision says, please come over here and help us. What does help look like? Paul says, I'm going to preach the gospel to them. Help. Help. Equals gospel. So in the middle of frustration, there's an opportunity that arises to bring help to a people that were begging for it. And the help didn't just look like the Apostle Paul. It looked like Jesus. What could God do with your frustrations, with your pain, with your aggravation, with your delays, if the power of Jesus... Replaced the power of your inconvenience. What could God do? As we're moving on, as soon as Paul arrives in Macedonia, what is uh, modern day Turkey, this is where the Ephesian church kind of gets its start, um, there's immediately favor. Great things begin to happen. Finally, there's a payoff. But yet, for about three days, there's a demon possessed girl that keeps harassing Paul. Silas, day after day after day, this girl is coming up behind him, saying these thing, this thing, and this thing, and this thing, and this thing. Finally, Paul's like, "You know what? I've been inconvenienced enough. This enough. Devil come out. The devil comes out. This makes her handlers and people that were making money off of her. This makes it an inconvenient situation for them. So they, in turn, have Paul and Silas beaten." Illegally, by the way, they're Roman citizens, not subject to being beaten without a trial. No trial happens, they're just beaten and thrown into prison for doing the right thing. Now, most of us at this point would have given up. Your faith would have waned, and I would be the first to tell you this must not be the Lord. Because I tried to do the right thing, end up beaten and in prison. I would have given up long before that. The demon possessed girl would be like, you know what? God's not here. And, 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 and I'm not bringing them. <laughs> Let's go someplace else that has more favorable conditions. This is very inconvenient for me. And so would you. We can be honest today, but in the midst of their inconvenience and hardships and frustration and pain, the Holy Spirit's moving and doing a work that could not be accomplished without the inconvenience. Beaten and thrown into prison illegally. God, where's your sense of Justice. Where are you? I'm doing the right thing here. Where are you? Today, I want to talk about how do we unsubscribe from a convenient faith? How do we unsubscribe from this faith that we believe uh, foolishly? That God has to make every condition perfect all the time so that I can do what I'm called to do. And this is what has gripped the church for the past 18 months when we've been inconvenienced and we've watched so many people back away from the things of God. And we can label it whatever you want to label it. But at some point we have to look and see. wait a minute, is this a, is this a faith issue inside of me? And can this inconvenience that I'm walking through be the Lord trying to tell me something about myself that I need to know? How do I unsubscribe from a faith that's only there when conditions are perfect? And how do I get to a place of real faith where it doesn't matter what the conditions are? I'm gonna do what God's called me to do. I'm gonna stand. I'm gonna keep preaching and praying and sowing seed in good times and in bad times because this is my purpose. So what God has called me to accomplish. I believe that those feelings of frustration, when we're feeling inconvenienced and aggravated, I believe those feelings can be unsubscribed from by making biblical choices. One of the statements that we say here is that choices lead and feelings feelings follow. You need to know that. Most of us are led by our feelings and by our emotions, but biblical choices make a much better leader than emotions. And if the apostle Paul had been led by emotions, he would never have gone to Macedonia. Because it's frustration after frustration after frustration. But he chooses instead to obey what the Spirit says to him in a vision. In the middle of inconvenience. So for making biblical choices to unsubscribe from this feeling of a, of a convenient faith, that I believe it starts with this. A simple statement. You might want to write this down. I choose to let inconvenience be redeemed. This is where everything changes. So instead of frustrations, instead of aggravations, instead of delays, instead of detours, I say, okay, God, what are you showing? I'm not, I now have extra time. By the way, when you start doing that, the enemy has no foothold because you will take your aggravations, your inconveniences, your grudges and delays right home and bring that out on your family. Is that just me? We're not being honest today? What if... We can allow those to be redeemed and say, God, now I'm taking a new path. What do you want to show me? I wanted to go here. Now I'm going here. Not through any fault of mine, but it's obvious that I have extra time now. What would you say? What would you have me to learn? And listen, I choose to let my inconveniences be redeemed. So I want to give you four ways that we can uh, make biblical choices to unsubscribe from this convenient faith that has infected The body of Christ. Four ways that we can choose biblical faith, strong faith, faith that lasts, faith that perseveres, faith that keeps going when it makes no sense. How in the world do we choose that? I want to give you a few things. Number one, you have to choose to count the cost. And this is not taught in a lot of churches. Because, uh, like we said last week, it ain't sexy. It ain't sexy. (laughs) But Jesus, multiple times throughout his ministry, began to do things that people thought, this is really convenient. I get to watch a show. I get to be entertained. I get to be fed for free. How convenient is that? Dinner and a movie on you? I'm in. And then multiple times in Scripture as this thousands of people that are following after Jesus in the search for something convenient get confronted and ask the same questions. Get confronted with the same statements. One time Jesus says, look, foxes have dens, even birds have nests. I don't have no hotel. You better think about this. There's a cost to following me. There's a cost to being a disciple. Another time in Scripture, in Luke chapter 14, he turns around at all these people that were following him after he's just fed them miraculously. And he says, look, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? He's not talking about their bank account. He's talking about their faith account. Why don't you look and see if you're really up for this? Now, in today's version of Christianity, the bigger the crowds are, the more God must be blessing it. And we never tell people that there's a cost to pay for following after Christ. You know what that cost is? Everything. Everything. Is that a difficult choice? Yes. But is it worth it? Resoundingly, yes. Yes. But Jesus says, count the cost. There's a price to pay for following after me, and it looks like inconvenience, and it looks like pain. But I can redeem it, and I can use inconvenience and pain to bring about your purpose, You won't like it, but it's worth it. Count the cost. I wonder what price have you paid for following Jesus? Has it cost you anything? See, I think for many of us, the moment that it starts costing us something is the moment that we say, no thanks. You mean you're asking me to trust you? I can't do that. You're asking me to to step out in faith? Nah, no thanks, that doesn't make a lot of sense. That's because we have convenient faith. But that's not biblical faith. It's not. That's American faith. Please hear me. There's a big difference. I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that following after Jesus is the easiest thing you're ever going to do. I don't see that. Here's the good news. It's already been done and paid for. You just got to trust him. But it's going to cost you everything. There's a high price for following after Christ. And I love that Jesus, man, and he's, he's so clear. We say here, clarity is kindness. The kindest thing Jesus did for his people is to be clear with them. It's not convenient following after me. It's never going to be. But I can redeem it. But you're gonna have to choose to count the cost. Here's the second thing I wanna share with you today. The second of four. In, this, in spite of your aggravation and inconvenience and pain, we can choose to rebrand the pain, rebrand it. And this is where things begin to change because uh, I, I, I know this to be true, that uh, it's, it's not that people don't like pain. People say, I don't like being in pain. That's not, all, it's not always true. People don't like being in pain that has no purpose because we will do all kinds of very painful things if we know that there's a payoff, right? If we know that there's a purpose in it, like I'll, I'll endure it. There's people that do CrossFit all the time. Why? That looks painful. They're like, do you see these guns? I'm like, you, it's, it's the gun show today. There's a reason why they all come sleeveless to church. It's so like they can raise their hands and be like, just here to worship. Just here to worship. Need the restrooms, they're over there. And you look at their hands filled with all them blisters. You're like, why do you do that? I'm like, because of this. It may be painful, but there's a payoff, and we're looking good. Suns out, guns out. There's people that run marathons. 27 miles, literally running. Why? We have cars. With air conditioning, are you kidding me? I can be 27 miles from you and get in a car and be there in 15 minutes, depending how many cops between here and White Oak. I can do that. They choose to run them. That's a lot of pain and endurance, but there's a payoff. Now, it doesn't, doesn't seem like it's worth it to me. That's a cheap piece of metal and, and uh, little little... Ribbon that you tie around, I can buy one of those. But there's something to be said for when they finish, there's a sense of accomplishment. Like, yeah, I went through some pain, but it paid off. I've seen women go through hours and hours and hours worth of hard labor, experience things that I will never understand barring some weird miracle. But when you come to visit them in the hospital and they're holding a baby, none of them are freaking out and tired. They find some supernatural energy and a big smile across their face. They're glowing because there's purpose in pain. They've rebranded it. They see that there's a payoff for this. And in the kingdom of God, we have to recognize that God doesn't waste pain. He doesn't waste frustration. He doesn't waste inconvenience. We just have to be willing to rebrand this and have a different way of looking at our pain. There's a pastor that said one time, he said, pain is my friend Because it's a constant reminder that this world is not my home. There are some lessons that only pain will teach you. Some some lessons that only inconvenience and frustration can get past your stubborn mind to teach you. And man, chronic pain, constant pain, reminds you that this old body is not all that there is. It doesn't get better with age. It continues to break down. And it's supposed to, because it reminds me, this isn't the only one I get. There's something coming that's better, and I can rebrand it. You know, rebranding is a, is a, is a crazy thing sometimes. Now, when I grew up in the 70s, um, there, was, there was a much different McDonald's than what we experience today. McDonald's has been, re- <laughs> been rebranded. And I remember, you know, when, in the 50s and 60s, when my parents were around, McDonald's was a place to be. By the time I got around, like, this is nasty. It's weird. It's gross. I don't understand any of this stuff. And, and my parents are like, oh, we're going to go to McDonald's. Like, pfft, pfft. <laughs> are you mad at me? <laughs> Why? It's got a weird old pedophile clown looking thing. And, <laughs> oh, that's Ronald. Like, uh, no, I don't But that's not the same McDonald's that you see today. You walk into McDonald's today, it looks like Starbucks. They've completely rebranded themselves and recognized perhaps this is not what we thought it was. Let's rebrand this. What could God do with the rebranding of your inconvenience? What could God do with the rebranding of your pain? What could God do with the rebranding of your aggravation? What could he do if you allowed him to repurpose it and to remind you of the things that you couldn't learn in any other part of life? I can choose to allow the Lord to redeem my frustrations and my inconveniences. And instead of saying, God, why did you do this or why did you allow this? Start saying, Lord, what are you showing me? What can I learn in this situation? So I'm not hurting, I'm learning. And there's a payoff for that. It's not just people talking about me. It's not just people giving me drama. Not if I'm doing the right thing. I can rebrand it and say, wait a minute. Jesus said this is supposed to happen and this is a good thing. As a matter of fact, he says, Woe to you and all men speak well of you. What are you talking about? Jesus must not have understood social media. I want people to say nice things, leave me five star reviews and everything that I do. Jesus says, Watch out for that. Mm. Jesus, did, you didn't have Instagram, you wouldn't have had many followers. <laughs> he says, Yeah, Alan, you did 12. Look at this in Matthew 5. Jesus says, blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you. That doesn't get taught a lot in churches. Persecution and drama, that's a blessing. (laughs) He says, rejoice and be glad for great is your reward in heaven. It tells us this, that in the kingdom of God, there is always payoff for pain. You need to remember that. In the kingdom of God, if you can redeem it, There's always payoff for pain. There's always payoff for inconvenience. There's always payoff for aggravation if we allow the Lord access to our hearts to redeem this. He can do this. Otherwise, you're going to take it and hold it. It's going to explode on your friends and family. It's going to explode on your boss because it's not redeemed. This is where it goes from healthy inconvenience to sin. You see the difference? Can God redeem this? Lord, what are you saying? Instead of I'm really angry that I'm having to wait an extra three minutes for a hot pizza. Little Caesar says, hot, fresh, and ready. This was not ready. I had to wait for it. It's inconvenient to me. Like, easy, Karen, easy, easy. Some of you are like, is he the real pastor? Or is it? No, he'll be here next week, I'm sorry. Actually, I am, it doesn't get any better. I wanna apologize in advance. Here's number three. Choose to praise until something breaks. Now, this is what we see as Paul and Silas are thrown into prison illegally after being beaten. And we find them not discouraged, not inconvenienced, but praising. And this hit me in the middle of my chest as I'm reading this. How do I handle inconvenience? How do I handle my frustrations? And If you tell me that when you handle your frustrations, you always handle it with praise, I'm like, hey, then you come up here and preach because the rest of us need to hear something from you. I don't always do this. I don't. I want to talk about it. I want to blog about it. I want to post about it, all caps. (laughs) But he said, they they begin to praise. Look at this, starting in verse 25. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. Now, I don't know about you, but just think about this for a moment. If you've been beaten and thrown into prison, and it's midnight, and you're singing, and they're actually listening to you, it must mean that you're probably a pretty good singer, or there's something about it that people are drawn to. Because otherwise, it's like, hey, it's midnight, bro. Hey, we don't do that. I'm going to put some bars of soap inside this pillowcase you're going to quiet down. This is not the rules of the house here. But they're listening to him because there's something different about it. There's something different about them being beaten and thrown into prison. They're not guilty. Maybe the other guys there are guilty. But they're seeing something special that happens when they begin to praise. And in the midnight hour, As they're praising, as they're worshiping God, it says this. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We're all here. The jailer called for lights and rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. And then he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus, you will be saved, you and your household. So in the midst of the aggravation and inconvenience and the injustice and the pain, Paul and Silas's inconvenient praise touched the heart of God and brought salvation to a jail. How in the world does that happen? Because they chose to praise until something broke. I've learned the power of this in my own life as I've had to walk through some extremely difficult situations, some hard, hard life lessons, some frustrating and painful times, difficult seasons I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy. I've learned the power of praising until something breaks. Until something breaks. I'll say it this way. I will praise Until the warfare breaks or my flesh does. But something's going to give here. And it's either the power of the enemy or it's whatever's working inside of me, but something's going to break. I remember locking myself in my prayer closet and saying, okay, God, this stubborn hardhead that you gave me, I'm laying on this floor and I'm going to pray in praise until you say something and I will not get up until you speak. If I'm here for days, I'm here for days. But it ain't happening. I'm staying here. Praise until something breaks. When was the last time that you prayed through? Old folks used to say that growing up in church. Have you, have you prayed through? Prayed through it. Prayed until there was a breakthrough. Like, no. Why? Because that's really inconvenient for me. I've got, I've got a five o'clock meeting. I can't. <laughs> what could be more important than the breakthrough? in the middle of inconvenience and pain. Praise until something breaks. Then number four, we'll finish up with this. How do I make choices to unsubscribe? Number four, I can choose to not take the out. To not take the out. I want you to see this. You may have read this story a hundred times and missed the fact that all the chains, not just on Paul and Silas, but on everybody broke off. The door swung open and they stayed. What kind of power must be in that room for people that had a chance to escape, stay? I would say that they had found something better than physical freedom. They found something better than just convenience. Convenience. I wonder what could God do with your inconvenience? What could he do with your frustration? If there was a sudden out, but you're like, you know what, Lord? I want you to redeem this. What what did I need to learn here? Their chains fell off just like Paul and Silas. They stayed, and God brought salvation to a jailer and his entire family. I wrote it down this way. It's better to suffer on mission than to walk into safety and leave unsaved people to hell. God brought salvation in the midst of inconvenience. He brought mission and purpose in the middle of frustration. What could he do with yours if you allowed him the opportunity to redeem it? What could he do? I want you to think back to this week. And inconveniences that you've had to walk through. Then ask yourself, Lord, did I I miss you in the middle of all those? And then I want you to think back to the 18 months that the entire world has had of frustration and inconvenience. And ask yourself, could I be missing something here? Lord, if you're screaming to the entire world at the same time, what do you need me to hear? So maybe my life wasn't meant to be convenient. Maybe there's purpose here beyond just everything working out according to plan. I think God would ask you, whose plan? Because what looks like inconvenience, I'll say it this way. What we call inconvenience, Jesus calls ministry. Each and every person that has been purchased by the blood of the Lamb, that's asked Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins, the Bible says, we have been given the ministry of reconciliation. That means your job on this planet is to tell people about the reconciliation that you can have between yourself and God, where he can forgive you of your sins, where you can be walking in freedom. That is our mission. That's our purpose. But unfortunately, in the midst of all of our convenience and our schedules, we never get around to doing the thing that we were born and created to do. You're given a ministry of reconciliation. The opportunity to do those things is found in inconvenience, in the delay. the frustration, and the pain. This is where you become exactly what God has called you to be. No other place will teach you that. They want to teach you about the blessings of God. Let me tell you, there's incredible blessings in inconvenience, in frustration, in pain, if you will allow the Lord the opportunity to step into those. He is a gentleman. He's not going to force himself into your schedule, but he's going to give you the opportunity. I wonder When Monday comes along and you find yourself inconvenienced, what's your response going to be now? God, I can't believe this happened. This is not according to my plan. This was not in my daily planner. Or say, okay, Lord, are you doing something here? What are you saying? I don't want to miss it. What happens when you're walking through pain on Wednesday? You choose to just take the day? Or could it be, yeah, I'm in pain, but I still showed up. And Lord... If somebody else is in pain, then show me. What could God do with the redeemed frustration, with redeemed inconvenience, with the extra time that you didn't think you had? Maybe he's given it to you, but just didn't recognize it because it looked like inconvenience. You still with me? Would you bow your head and close your eyes as we finish up today? I want to just remind you of the character of God as we finish My my friends, please hear me. In spite of inconvenience and frustration, he's a good God. He's good. He's always good. And there are days where you're walking in the abundance of all God has for you, and there are days that look a lot like frustration. Days that look a lot like inconvenience. Let me just challenge you with this thought, that they're both good. They're both good. And there are lessons that seasons of abundance can teach you and there are lessons that only pain and inconvenience can teach you don't despise them let the Lord redeem them with every head bowed and every eye closed if you're walking through some seriously frustrating times and you're saying pastor I have not done well in this season of frustration I've been uh, letting these things mount and mount and mount I sense it I feel it you're, you're talking to me this this is uh, This is my life. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up all over the place? Yes. If you're watching online today and that's you, you're like, look, I've I've been dealing with a lot of frustration. Right where you are. Let us know. I'm believing that with your simple admission of where you are, with your honesty, that God's gonna meet you and help you and begin to redeem your aggravation and frustration. If you can receive that right where you are with every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody's looking at you, you're not looking at anybody else, just open up your hands to the Lord as if someone was handing you something right where you are in the midst of your frustration, in the midst of your pain, in the midst of your aggravation, in the midst of your difficulty, in the midst of your delays, in the midst of your detours, open up your hands to the Lord right now. Right where you are, open your hands and say, Lord, I thank you for whatever it is that you're showing me through this. I may not understand it, I may not have it all figured out, I don't have the capability of figuring this out, but Lord, I trust that you're still good, and in spite of what I'm walking through, Lord, you have a plan, you have a purpose, and Father, I pray that you would reveal that to me. Help me to see you in the middle of my inconvenience. I trust you, I trust your goodness, I trust your character, I trust your heart, I trust your plan. I don't have to feel like it, I can choose to trust you in spite of what I feel, I trust your goodness trust you. Help me. Help me. Redeem my inconvenience. Redeem my delays. Redeem my frustrations. Heal my heart and help me to become who you've called me to be in spite of the delays. In Jesus' name. And now with every head bowed and every eye closed, my friends, I don't want you to leave this place if you don't know for sure that you've had a moment that you've ever asked Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins. If there's not a memory that pops into your mind where you know for sure that you did that, then this is gonna be your day. This is your moment. This is your opportunity to do that. I don't want you to tune off of this broadcast. I don't want you to leave this service without taking advantage of the most important choice that you can make. You may say, how do I do that, Pastor? I wanna help you like somebody helped me. I wanna lead you in a prayer. And right where you are, you can choose to pray this prayer with me. Do it out loud or in your heart, it doesn't matter. The most important thing is that you believe it. So say this with me, pray with me. The prayer goes like this: Say, Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe that you came, you died, you rose from the grave so that I could have life and forgiveness for all of my sins. Will you forgive me? Come into my heart be the lord and savior of my life. I give myself to you right now. In Jesus name I pray. With every head bowed and every eye closed my friend if you just prayed that prayer with me I am so incredibly proud of you. Would you do me a favor right where you are? Just lift your hand all over this place. That was me, pastor. I prayed with you. Good. I see you. Good. I see you. Good. I'm so proud of you. If you're watching it online just click that the chat section so that was me. I prayed that was me. Good for you. It's the most important decision that you could ever make. And as a matter of fact, we have a free gift for you. We have a four part video series that, that we've created just for you. It helps explain what just happened inside of your heart and what to do next. And it would be our free gift to help you if you're interested in taking the next step. The easiest way to do that is by texting the words I prayed to 844 HRC text. If you're watching online, the same is true for you as well. Text I prayed. 844-HRC-TEXT. We're gonna send you some things that will help you and encourage you. It's our gift to you. Good for you and proud of you.